0: Hello my beautiful friends, welcome to Proper Madness, formerly Beautifully Broken. My name is Sabi and I give a unique perspective on mental health by providing tools, guidance, and knowledge on how we can better understand ourselves, as well as our past and present experiences, and in doing so, we can help heal our mental health. I get to speak with a variety of individuals from around the world as they share their stories from their journey through their mental wellness so that it helps others stand strong and use their voice. Welcome back, everyone, to Proper Madness. On today's episode, I have someone who is very near and dear to my heart. I used to watch her on The Voice UK, and I reached out to see if she wanted to do an episode on Proper Madness and here she is. Her name is Truly Ford um, and she's an amazing singer and she does a lot of covers on YouTube um, and a couple originals that I have heard as well. So yeah. Hello, nice to meet you and see you face-to-face over this. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm (laughs) Truly
1: Ford. Um, I do sing songs, I write lots of songs too. Um, And yeah, I'm here to talk about mental health and how it affects me and-
0: So how um, I think I remember you mentioning some of it on your Instagram page like a long time ago Um, but how was your journey with mental health growing up or was it something you discovered later you know how how did it happen when I was growing up my parents weren't ever together Um, I did a lot of going back and
1: forth my mom moved around a lot so I always felt like I, I wasn't not that I wasn't cared about, but my feelings weren't acknowledged. And I did a lot of caring other people's problems and listening to my mom talk about my dad and my dad talk about my mom. I moved schools a lot and I'm, you know, every year I'd try and make new friends. And then when I was pulled out of the school to move again, no one ever stopped and said, Oh, truly, how are you feeling about this? Like it was just uh, truly, we find she's a kid, she doesn't have feelings. And I always felt like I just had to keep myself together and I never, talked about my own feelings I just got on with life and I didn't realize that it was okay to admit that you or talk about your own feelings I, I just wasn't born or grown I didn't grow up in that kind of household yeah. um the funniest thing I'll jump like to the future now is yeah. my mom when I was a kid attempted suicide many times and was hospitalized but it was kept a secret from the children because it was oh, just wow. like she was so ashamed of it so it's really interesting actually learning that as an adult and realising that actually my mum was really suffering. Um, It's not funny, but anyway, go back to when I was a kid. um, So that's how I kind of started my journey with mental health. I just kept it all to myself. And that's actually what started the songwriting. So I started writing songs when I was about nine or ten. And it was just really dark poems and small, like, lyrics and choruses here and there and I've actually still got some of the books and the lyrics in them are so dark and you, I just can't believe that I was 10 years old when I wrote them but it just makes sense it was like my only outlet that I ever had um so it kind of makes sense um but yeah it's pretty pretty sad um and then as I got older and older um music just took over and I was kind of selfish in that way like most young people are you just focus on yourself and I started doing shows. I started writing with loads of different people and trying to travel and trying to make this career happen. Um, all the while, my own mind was playing riot. So I was having lots of like manic episodes, which I know what they are now, but I didn't know then. So I was quite reckless. I was doing a lot of kind of crazy things that probably weren't good for my health uh, well, or well being. Um, and I was drinking a lot, smoking a lot doing drugs um I, but I was drinking almost every day and I think people call that self-medicating mm-hmm. um, and I used to just take on far too much I noticed that while looking back is I would take so many things on because I felt like I'd had to kind of please everyone and please myself and I thought that I had too high expectations try to be perfect mm-hmm all of that kind of stuff um, and the year I applied for The Voice I also applied to do a degree and I moved to London on my own I, so I did three massive things in the space of a few months and I didn't expect to go on The Voice, I didn't expect to get as far as I did, I didn't expect to get into my university but I did so I literally did my first year of my degree and The Voice at the same time oh, man. <laughs> and I just... Please. Managed to do it all. I did all my coursework in two weeks. I didn't sleep hardly at all, hardly ate. Just just got it done. Mm. And I did the TV show. And um, like straight after, I had this massive high. I was just so euphoric. Mm. Cloud nine. I went to LA. <laughs> <I> was, like, <laughs> spending all this money. I was like so, like just so high and just so... I felt like I'd made it, but I hadn't. Um, (laughs) And um, it literally was like a few months after I just came crashing back down to the tub, Mm. down to the earth. Um, And I was very suicidal, very um, just, it was like someone just pushed the stop on my life. I was driving in the car and someone just Mm. like handbrake turned. Basically my brother, older brother, he has bipolar Mm. and for years, before the voice during the voice after the voice it was just getting more and more obvious that I had bipolar as well and he kind of had an intervention with me um, during the voice and he kind of came down to London pulled me out of what I was doing and just sat me down he was like you need to get help I know you're in this you're doing this right now and it's really important to you but you need, you're, gonna, you're gonna lose years of your life if you don't acknowledge this right now. Cause he'd gone through the same thing. He moved to California when he was 19, joined the Marines, got married, and he ignored it as well. Like he was put it down to PTSD from being in the, the Marines and anxiety and everything. And then he finally got diagnosed like three years later. And then he literally lost years of his life because it took him so long to get well again um so he had this intervention with me um probably in the February of 2017 mm-hmm. and then it wasn't till December so that whole oh wow ten, 10 months where I was just like no 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 I'm fine I'll do this I'll, I'll be cool just because that's what I've always done I've always mm-hmm. drinking to try and cope like I started drinking when I was 14 like I was yeah. really young I got suspended from school for being drunk in school like, <laughs> I was always like that. Can I just say also, I've been sober for two years, so I'm good now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Liberty took me 10 months to um, finally go to the doctors. And it was my mum, basically. She kind of grabbed me one day and she said, Truly, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to live? Do you want to live a life and grow old? And I was like, yeah. And she said, you need to go get help. You need to go to that doctor and say, I'm not well. And I was like okay and then about a week later when I was very suicidal and very low and very like just you know that feeling of despair like like, you're going to come back from this I finally went and I literally was referred and we have the NHS in the UK so Mm -hmm. it's just amazing um and within a week I was diagnosed and straight on meds (laughs) straight on to it was so obvious to them they were like yeah yeah you should have come to us a long time ago um (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, I have bipolar, and it all kind of. I remember that day so, like, it was yesterday. um I was sat there, and like, in this room with two doctors, and they were talking to me. And then they sent me out for a little bit. And then I came back in. I was probably there for about four hours. Mm-hmm. And when I came back in, the sun just suddenly shone in the room. Like, you only know, feel it in your arm and it, through the window. And it's really warm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they said, yes, yeah, so you do have bipolar. And it was so weird because I felt this warmth and this like homeliness as they delivered those words. And it was almost like, yeah, I know. Mm. Like, and you, it was just that they confirmed something that I already knew. Um, and it was a moment of, oh, fuck, I've let myself down. I've let myself down. I can't believe I'm a failure I'm a failure I've actually got a real disorder of mental illness but then the other part of me was like ah oh, that all makes sense that wasn't all that's not me it's like this other part of me that is yeah. in control sometimes so it was a kind of yin and yang it was two two things that made sense and then it was really hard to accept in the other, other yeah. instance and then straight after that I had this like um prescription and I went to the pharmacy and I was picking up these new medications, and I, like didn't really know much about it. And then I remember, like, getting home, I actually wrote in my like songbook, Lisa, yeah. X, like, I can't believe I'm gonna start taking this medication today. Like, it just happened so quickly. Yeah. I was like, on my, I was just, do you know what I mean? Like, going yeah. on for years and years. And I think I had bipolar when I was a kid. I think it was like a gene that's in our family, and it was just brought yeah. out by this wild childhood that I had. Um so yeah it went from being <laughs> to this sudden like oh okay I'm an ill person now for the rest of my life it's that being told you've got diabetes and you've got to treat mm. yourself every single day um yeah. but the the medication is it's a weird one I've actually recently Tried to come off of my medication. I lasted mm. about two months and then I had a, an episode, yeah. um, which was literally this, this, in March this year. Um, yeah. It's crazy, really, really recently. Um, but for a long time, I was quite happy and quite um, stable.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, for me, it's like I really want to be well. I want to be yeah. stable. I want to, I'm married now. Um, well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got married in 2019 so two years after I was diagnosed I got married so it was almost like
0: so much yeah. happened at once yeah
1: yeah I, I have to like think about it sometimes because I talk to people who are maybe the same age or a little bit older and they say like you've done all of that and you're only 27 now it's like yeah, yeah. I think maybe I, I, I I'm learning now to like reflect on what I have done because I think I was just in a blur for so long yeah whereas I've been like maybe holding myself together for so long just trying to keep going whereas now I'm like "Ah, I can actually relax and just live like a normal person there's no such thing as normal you
0: know there's no such thing as normal no I think we have we each have our own different types of normal that's relative to us but like normal is like you don't want to be normal, normal, then that's boring. And then you don't have, you don't have any substance. Actually, one of my, one of my friends from the UK, she, she was telling me, she was savvy. She was the people who haven't been through any adversity in life for maybe the most boring people to talk to. <laughs> and I go, oh, you're right. Cause they don't like you, you can't relate to them. Like you can't have a deep conversation, but anyways, but yeah, it sounds like you went through so like so many different things at once. And it was just a total, yeah like the time just flew by what made your bipolar episode happen recently if you feel like talking about it? does anything trigger you or is it just kind of yeah. I don't know a lot about bipolar um can I, so, yeah. um, yeah. I give a little um yeah I give a synopsis so bipolar is a mood disorder
1: mm-hmm. um so based like obviously there's not going to be a visual for the guys listening or the women or the people they, <laughs> <laughs> they probably, all, all, the, all people. Of the people all of the people <laughs> um so basically you have like the middle ground if you look at a graph mm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say the word normal again so you have baseline is no emotion nothing yeah. so then everyone has like a slight wave up and down that's a normal one. I'm happy I'm sad I'm happy I'm sad normal la la. people with bipolar they'll have like a happy which is a really really like long high like way yeah. really high and then the lows will be very very low and there's different types obviously with a lot of these things people have different versions or different kind of parts of it but I'm mainly high so I will just so I will basically go from being not normal um, and then I'll just start kind of not being able to sit still like jittering my blood pressure will go really high that's like a physical example of it um but I just can't stop talking my my thoughts go really really fast um so much so that I can't even speak like, like building sentences like I'm struggling now um yeah. but it's even worse like I can't even think of words to say because my mind my thoughts are just going and going and going and then I think about things that I think about space for example and yeah. then I'll think about how small we are and then that makes me feel really insignificant and then it, I just go oh, yeah. on, and on and on and on and on and on and on and I don't stop myself because my brain's just going yeah. um, so that's one of the things and then you become kind of you lose sense of reality and that's where it becomes mm. dangerous so there's like a hypermanic and manic and mm-hmm. when you get to that higher stage like for example you know I've had it before and I looking back before I was diagnosed and I was just living in London and stuff I, I remember this one time I was really drunk and I thought I could fly, and I could fly. I could jump, and I remember like thinking now because in in um, so in London there's a place called Trafalgar Square, and there are these big yeah. lions. And I I thought I could like jump really from high, Trafalgar
0: and... Square. You're going here we go. I I'm think I,
1: I, that's honestly I believed it. And there's a picture of me on top of one of these lions. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I jumped up there, but in in truth, I s- climbed up one of my friends to get up onto there. <laughs> But you you just kind of really lose sense of reality. You're just very very energetic, very mm. just you feel euphoric, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people become very promiscuous. Mm. They think they can get away with things at work. They say things that they don't really mean, or it's not out of character. So there's that the hypomanic, the the and then there's the lower, which is can be very um, feeling very depressed, very dark thoughts, very sudden um, suicide, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of people with bipolar. Um, often end, end their life with suicide because they don't seek the help or they don't feel like they can get the help because when you're really high you enjoy yeah. it it's a really nice feeling you feel amazing so it's quite hard to to be like no you kind of if, you want, <laughs> if anyone wants to help you you're like I'm fine Leave <laughs> <like, "I'm> <laughs> oh, and if you're really low sometimes it's just a very sudden drop drop in your yeah. mood um
0: so that's kind of what bipolar is. I've really waffled on that, haven't I? Um, but it's just no, exact- no. It was. It makes perfect sense actually, because I didn't know there was a point where I thought, uh, mistakenly, I thought I might had been bipolar because my moods were just very yeah. high and then super low. But then I, well, I found out that I had PTSD, and it was a completely mm. different thing. But um, it the way you explain it makes sense. Cause yeah, there are cyclical like ups and downs. Like you're never going to be just like, yeah. perfect ever always. Um, but that, I, that the way you explained it really, really, I can like envision it and that must be difficult. Um, Like really difficult. Like how does writing music help? How did it help you or how has it helped you kind of pull you out of that? And has it helped you heal from anything like specifically or?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm still healing. I feel I feel like I haven't addressed a lot of things. But in terms of music, like I said, I started writing songs when I was 10. It's always been my outlet. It's always been the safe place where I can literally say whatever I'm feeling as dark as that is, or as crazy as it sounds if I'm really manic and I'm thinking crazy thoughts sometimes the best ideas come from those places though they say people with bipolar are very creative and I I get that because our minds just they just think differently because my brother has bipolar and he's we and him are on this wavelength and we we get each other and it's kind of nice to have someone in your life like that Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's always just been my outlet it's like a diary entry almost yeah um but yeah I I I tried to keep all my lyric books because it is interesting looking back it's like looking at old photographs yeah and just a little snippet of your life um but I it is it's a whole thing so I think aside from having a mental illness I feel like it's a personal development thing Mm. because I feel like musically, in a career way, I've been on this huge journey which has been mirrored by the bipolar Mm. because when I first started, when I was about 15, 16, gigging and stuff, I was just a little, I was just a young kid just having fun and then it got real because I got signed to this indie label. It was like a, it was a very small label. Um, but I released an EP with them, which I've now taken down, um, so that you can't find it. Um, <laughs> um, I I wrote these songs when I was younger, and I actually really like them still. But they're just they're just very young. Um, and I I went into it, and I released this music, and I was gigging, and I was doing all these things, and then I went into trying to work with all these different producers and kind of travel around trying to find people to work with, and. Mm didn't know who I was when I was doing that. And I think that's the thing I know now, because back, I you know, like you know, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Those, yeah. Album, I was listening to her today. I think she's 17, 18. And, and I just mm-hmm. think, wow, how can she be so, how can she know who she is at that age and be yeah. so incredibly talented and just carry all of the weight of that, sudden fame because if that had happened to me I don't think I would be here as crazy as that sounds or as dark as it sounds I really don't think I'd be here because I couldn't carry that responsibility Mm -hmm. so even at the time when I was around her age all I wanted was to be famous which I don't want now Um, all I wanted to do was be a successful musician and and I'm glad that it's taken a lot longer than I previously wanted because you know, having a mental illness and trying to keep well and stabilise that is more important. Mm -hmm. I see that now. Um, But then, like, going on The Voice and fast-tracking that, it it kind of fast-tracked me getting diagnosed as well. So Mm -hmm. it kind of, they both went alongside each other, very parallel. Um, And then now it's been four years since the TV show, and it's been four years of me growing up, realising who I am, Doing a lot of self development, reevaluating my priorities in life, and now I feel like a person who knows what I want to say, and I think that's the key thing with being a musician. I'm able to like focus my thoughts, my writing, all the skills that I've learned, and I feel ready to um, put music out finally to the world, yeah. which I'm really grateful for. Um, it's taken me a lot longer and I think that's the thing to to point out is that people with a mental illness they need more time because it takes them a lot longer to because the thing is like for example I could be signed to a major label given like you got six months go write an album Mm. within that six months I'm gonna have two episodes which I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to focus or work so those kind of those kind of deadlines and pressures pressures yeah. there we
0: go words
1: <laughs> medication. that's the that's the other thing It's like interviews and things like that I just can't think of words because my medication is so strong oh um,
0: shit that sucks though because I can imagine how like like your brain's just like oh god like it's just gonna fall out your butt and you're going I can't come up with the word so you just make hand movements and you you hope the person understands what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> you're like this I don't know the things. <laughs> And the podcast is not helpful because no one could see me, <laughs> right? So, well, I mean, yeah, we can use the video if you want, but um... <laughs> okay, so, no, no one is. Me. <laughs> oh, I look, I look very tired, and so, and it, I've just come from the gym, so I'm like, oh, I'm,
1: I'm so. actually really impressed. You've been to the gym already today. <laughs> You're doing
0: well. I think I have to. It keeps me sane. I, I've been having like a down day. Um, or well down a couple days, and, um, but it's funny you say that, because that's actually what I was thinking, is with any sort of, when you're in the realm of, like, be it music, or pocket, whatever, like, the creative platforms, um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to always be on, always be creating, always be taking your next steps towards something that's major and big or groundbreaking. Um, And it's hard when you suffer from a mental illness and it does take you longer. Um, And I feel like that's a huge stigma that no one talks about. I think we assume that everyone should just be fine <laughs> like if someone told me hey sabby you have six months to write a book I'd look at them and be like you're mental I'm like there's no I'm like I- I'm like I'm gonna have a week where I'm just depressed on my mind and I don't believe in myself so <laughs> I'm not gonna so I'm not gonna like what am I gonna write like today the clouds are black and so is my soul like I just don't
1: I mean that was great I love that (laughs) I relate to that
0: (laughs) yeah so it's but yeah you're right yeah timing is a funny thing I think people think you should do certain things at certain times Um, it's all relative I think it's amazing that you decide to just take your own time and work on yourself and then with that comes like your music and everything and I like the parallel of your journey with bipolar and healing and everything And it's kind of funny how life works that way to be honest And we don't even realize it till later I know it
1: I was literally saying it to my husband yesterday like I you don't realize at the, at the time how perfect it is mm-hmm. like when you're in something it feels horrible or painful or even like joyous and happy and like looking back is only when you realize like how serendipitous it all was
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's so incredible and I will say it hasn't been easy um like the whole thing about time like there were so many moments over the past few years where I've just been like what am I doing why am I not I'm not doing anything because mm-hmm. I've gone from this person who just does so much <laughs> but it's so it's not easy I'll say t- I'll admit that but it is really important to to like take take control of yourself and because mm-hmm. I think that's a whole thing with like social media is everyone is so everyone has so much of each other it's mm-hmm. so is do you know what I mean yes. everyone is <laughs> so, and I think when you have if you have an account like my account on Instagram is verified which I think is hilarious I feel like it's such a imposter because I, I haven't got posted anything in months um <laughs> And people message me all the time. Like, how did you get verified? I'm like, I have no idea. I really, you're not the person to be asking.
0: Um <laughs> like, it just happened. I don't
1: know. It just happened. But there are people that, like, I think they're, um, what are they called? Influencers. Influencers. They, oh, yeah. they, you know, they're constantly posting and, you know, you're it's in tough. their lives. You know, yeah. everything about them. But I, they must have those times where they're just like, oh my God, this is enough. And then they want to take a day off looking at social media and then everyone's probably messaging them go. Well, yeah, yeah, I, me. <laughs> I think that must be really hard. Like, I don't think I could cope yeah. with
0: that. I think no, just... I'm, I switch, I have to switch off. Like today I t- I took a mental health day just from work, work, um, like my full-time job. And I, I was like, I like, I need to take a mental health day where I just sort through some stuff. And, um, and I shut, I actually, I was going to just completely go dark from my social media today, but then I've, there's just so many things to take care of that I was like, I can't. So it's, but I, I don't show my life life. Like I have two separate accounts. I have like a more personal one where I post stuff about my family and my, like my dogs and my life and whatever, Um, how I'm going to change my hair next, who knows. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but I, so I keep it so separate because I, I don't know. I'm a very private person and I, I, I don't know how influencers or people who are in the fame spotlight like, deal with that um, mm. to have your whole life just out there or, and the pressure to feel like you need to explain yourself all the time. When I did the voice, I was, I was like, it was like basically a month of insight
1: into famous people's lives. It was, yeah. it was, I, it was like 40, 40 days, I would say of the live shows and I didn't have one day off and then oh, there was wow. this one afternoon actually they moved us all into these apartments so we were all together they just mm-hmm. shipped us there from there to the studios back to the it was literally <laughs> that for, for four weeks 40 days however long it was um and there was this one afternoon they said okay you guys can go back to the apartments you're gonna rest for the rest of the day and then back tomorrow and everyone was like thank god I'm so tired <laughs> let's have a break and then we got back to the apartments and um, so the, the tv sh- the show was um sponsored by Nivea mm. or the uh, skincare brand and they were their team were there to film the contestants using and promoting the um stuff yeah. so like they'd set up our bathroom with all their products and then so we literally got her back to the apartments thinking cool we're gonna have a nap we're gonna relax let make some dinner mm-hmm. and then it was like nope we're, we're in your apartment, we can see where, you're, where you've been sleeping the last few weeks, and now we're oh, going to film it in your bathroom. And we're just like, I love Nivea, it's what I use every day. <laughs> ah. And it was so awkward. And the thing is, it's like, I think we were also tired, we just got on with it and everything, it was fine, whatever. And then the next day, the producer of the show, me and her were just sat next to each other, it was my turn to go up and rehearse next, so I was just mm-hmm. sat with her. And then um, she said, "Oh, so how's it been going? How are you doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I'm having a great time, but I was kind of sad yesterday we did, when I thought we were going to have a, you know, an evening off and then the Nivia guys turned up." And she yeah. said, "Oh, you're joking, aren't you? You've got this amazing apartment to sleep in. Oh, <laughs> you're funny." I just sat there like,
0: "Oh, man.
1: Why did you ask if you didn't care?" Yeah. <laughs> and I and then it, then it was my turn to go on to rehearse and then I was just so flabbergasted by her like that I felt really insulted I was like I can't believe that she just asked me that and then she just laughed laughed back in my face like very sarcastically it really hurt me and then I had to go up on stage to sing and they had this whole thing about timing and if you messed up your lyrics you're not going to get another go you just have to get that that time keep going Mm. and it was my my it's the music started I just was like I I don't have any words. It was just gone, like completely gone. And I didn't even start doing the routine of what I was meant to be doing. I just was just so caught up with what she had said. Mm -hmm. I guess that was the bipolar, like, because with bipolar, you get triggers. I think you asked me earlier. I'll come on to that. But the, that trigger, it just, just suddenly hit me. I was just like, completely not there anymore. I was just, I was away with the fairies, <laughs> um, <laughs> completely just not in the zone. And then the guy David Tanch, who did the, he was like the head of band. He just was, he was lovely. He was like the nicest guy ever. He was like, nope, let's give her another chance. This is your first line. There we go. Let's do it again. And then I, I got through it. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that moment of like that, that 40 days in Oof. what it felt like to be famous, all these news articles and be, everyone kept saying that me and Gavin Rossdale were together and that I looked like his daughter and just talking about different contestants who were sleeping together. And it was like, none of yeah. us were like that at all. We were all really nice. Yeah. and got on and nothing was happening with any of the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> it was all very normal very professional <laughs> and then it was just like all these articles and mm. they were like well who's making up this stuff <laughs> so, oh, it was, so it cool. was and that was and then obviously you get off literally as well so i came off the show i got kicked off um before the final and I'm i was so mad
0: the- oh i just, have- <laughs> I remember sitting at like watching with my dad i was I keep mentioning this man I remember sitting there watching it. And my my dad and I just looked at each other, and we went, "What the fuck just happened?" I'm like, "I don't know, Dad. <laughs> oh. I'm not watching the rest of the show. I'm done." Oh. <laughs> I don't think I did actually. I think I just gave up. I was like, oh. "Yeah." A few people said that
1: as well because Max, yeah. the guy on my team as well, didn't get through, and I yeah. thought he was so good. I was really yeah. like, if, "If I didn't get through, I was shocked that he didn't get through." But yeah, the, so so yeah, the, the, the day after I came off the show, so we're back at the apartment. A taxi came, picked me up, and that was it. That was like, okay, bye. So you go from this massive TV show, like crazy. Ch- and then it's just gone. And then you don't hear from again. Like no psych, like psychotherapists or anything like Whoa. to point you down. Like you okay? Nothing. Isn't that crazy?
0: Oh, oh that's I to me like I can't. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Hmm. But at the same time, I can't imagine how. Taxing that must have been on your mental health. Like I don't. How did how 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 did you stay sane? First of all, <laughs> with the forty days. And then I know afterwards probably you got you ended up getting help anyway. So it kind of just yeah went where we it's supposed to go. But geez, like forty days. I don't know how I would.
1: The the funniest thing is. Like at the time, that was what I really wanted. I had this like fire, this burning desire to do yeah. music. And I'm like, this is an opportunity, I need it. And the the, the the craziest thing is, I was I was actually talking to my mom a few weeks ago about this because I remembered that it happened. Um, so to get on the show, they do like a they do actually have you me meet with a psychiatrist mm-hmm. to just talk to you and see how you're doing, see if you're well enough to go on the show. Yeah, and I I remember being drunk at that that conversation at ITV mm-hmm. Studios and. <laughs> She obviously picked that up and was like, "Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure she's okay." And they re- they reported that back to the to the te- to the team, and then the team said, "Okay, you need to get your doctor's approval, a do- like a letter from your doctor to say yeah mm-hmm. 'Yeah, you're good to go on the show.'" So I went to my doctor, um, and he said, "Okay, truly, you need to listen to me now because only one week ago you came to me saying you wanted to die." <laughs> So now you're telling me that you have this opportunity that's going to save you, and you need to go on the TV show. He was like really struggling. Yeah. To, you know, I was like I, I thinking. I was just thinking back about it the other day, thinking I must have sounded so crazy. Like one week I want to die, the next week I need to go on this TV show. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like completely two ends of the spectrum um and like I was thinking about it like that's how badly I wanted to do it and I think that's why most of us got through it because it just felt like this most amazing opportunity that we'd all all of us have been wanting for years because we yeah. all had this dream and that's why you go on those kinds of tv
0: shows but yeah it's it's mad oh man I how do you stay creative for those 40 days that's tough like your mind can rest like, I, did, I didn't write any music whilst I was on that show. Like, oh, I didn't. Wow. I was just focused
1: on learning the songs. And that's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, you, if you get through, they give you a new song that night. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you're expected to come and sing it without a lyric sheet. Wow. It's, and I did it. Like, the, the, when my singing teacher had this crazy, wacky thing. I don't know if it was like a mind of a matter thing. But he was like, right, look at the lyrics, sing them through a few times have a bath in the morning you're going to know the words and I was like all right (laughs) I did I did it." and I don't know if it was like me like yeah I believe him he knows he knows (laughs) it's gonna work for me and I did it
0: (laughs) like a placebo effect you're just like okay Uh, (laughs) I was gonna ask what got you what got you into um writing just covers on your YouTube channel I guess it's two things. It was me feeling
1: like I had to keep putting things out Mm. because suddenly I had this growing following and people were going, I want to hear you sing. So I had this feeling of like, oh, I need to put stuff out. I need to please everyone else. Mm. So it was partly that, but it was also me not feeling ready to actually put my own music out. But it was a way of me expressing myself. Um, And I do, I only did covers of songs that I love which I think is a good thing. I like can never sold sold out um, yeah. to, to all these kinds of things, but I, I do love doing covers and I love working other songs, like songs that I wish I'd written myself really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like doing covers, um, but I haven't done a cover now. Actually I was looking at my YouTube the other day. I think it's been 10 months since I released a cover video. And I think that's because of COVID yeah. feeling very unmotivated and um, and also me kind of psyching myself, getting myself ready to start putting my music mm-hmm. out. So I need to start getting on my social media. <laughs> and so
0: I'm just psyching myself up for that, to be honest. Um, Have you started, you've started writing your own stuff lately?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I've, I'm always writing. Um, yeah. One of the singles that I want to release is called Colours. And I wrote it three years ago, about now, actually, about three years ago to so quite recently. Um, yeah it's it's one of my favorite songs it's actually on my youtube channel i really released like a Is video
0: yeah i i i remember hearing um you but this was forever i think it was called blue Ro- blue rose yeah blue rose that one was i brought me damn near brought me to tears oh. um <laughs> when did you when did you write that one and what's like the context behind can i ask yeah, yeah it's it's
1: interesting actually because I feel like that song was a premonition. Um Oh really? Yeah, so is it's a song about losing like the one uh mm-hmm. in my in my mind. Um and I wrote it about 6 months before um my now husband he moved to Germany um for work and I moved to central London like on my own. Like mm. I, I mean there first. I kind of led the change because I went I looking back, I went manic <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna move to London. La, la, la. I'm gonna go on a TV show. It is. So I went to London. Um yeah. and then he moved to Germany. Um and then we we broke up and it was really sad because like deep down we never stopped loving each other that time we were apart. Um yeah. but this song I wrote like six months before that happened, and it was just like a a song about losing the one you love like I don't know why and the, he's in the video he's the guy playing the guitar in the video oh, <laughs> Sorry, oh my
0: yeah. god <laughs> that's crazy what the heck I never would have put like two and two together um, the, the
1: craziest thing as well is like the the first line is we loved we fucked but mm-hmm. the, the it sounds a bit like we loved we fought that's the way I, I say it yeah and I, I'm kind of glad it sounds like that now. But the ra- the my local radio station, they played it, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Did they realise I just said, park <laughs> on <laughs> Don't think they
0: do. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to let them have that one. I'm just then- let
1: that go. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Actually, I'll say something because mm-hmm. I wanted to say this earlier, um, and it was coming back to like mental health, and it's basically yeah. education. I wish, I wish schools they had education on mental, mm. or mental illness, and you know mental health really because having like a disorder like bipolar or schizophrenia or you know personality disorders is actually quite hard for because I've got a lot of friends and I go to support groups I know a lot of people with disorders Um, and I know a lot of them find it really hard to to tell people that they have it because of the way they feel that they're going to be perceived because of like movies and tv shows and the way that people with mental illnesses are that all their characters are psychopaths, murderers, yeah. you know, crazy people. Um, and I think that education would be great because, you know, for me, I remember when I when I put out on my social medias a few years ago, I just put, guys, I've got bipolar and I don't care what you mm-hmm. think. I'm just letting you know because I can't pretend to be well all the time anymore. Yeah. Like, you just need to accept that. And the amount of people, like the people that were like men like men with tattoos in their 50s contacting like a 24 year old girl on instagram and just saying yes like they were just they were coming up to me and contacting me and just saying you've I can't believe how brave you are you've made me feel comfortable and it just it just blew my mind of the people I reached out to and and people connected with um because I feel like especially their generation the older generation they yeah even more so, they were, they, you know, taught not to even... They were Same meant to be normal thing. all the time. Because mm-hmm. actually, even the other day, like, my, my mother-in-law, she said um, that she's not been feeling great recently, um, but she she even said, oh, you know, I always just try to be okay and not let anyone know that I'm not doing well. And I just thought that's so sad. That's really, really mm-hmm. sad that you feel that you have to be like that, especially around people that love you so much and only want the best for you. Um, and I just felt, like... I just wish that kids could have this education and just learn about all the things. And you know, maybe if, if there was a class that taught yeah. you how mindfulness or how to like make sure you go to sleep, make sure you exercise, or taught you like to do write in your mood journals. Just all these things because that mm. would have helped me so much. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone through all the abuse I did to my body. I would have yeah. hopefully yeah. had a bit of a kickstart. Um. So that was one thing I wanted to say because I think that's so important and I think that's why I initially exposed to the world that I had bipolar and my, all my music is about how I feel so a lot of it is about mental illness and I will be talking about it a lot more when I get back on social media um, but that was another reason I wanted to do this as well because anyone that raises awareness, that I'm all for. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's what I wanted to say whilst I was on here,
0: because... Oh, good. It? No, I'm glad. Yeah, I it's funny that you say that, though, because that's something I actually want to do. I don't know how the heck I'm going to do it, but I wish I had that, too. I didn't know growing up that me being sad all the time and depressed was, like, I didn't I didn't know what it I thought I always chalked it up to, oh, hormones, puberty, whatever. Yeah. And it's sad that, like, you know, most, sometimes most women, like, that's what they they use it as an excuse, like they're really depressed, like, oh, I'm just, it's just my time of month. And then you no. know, that's it. And you're like, no, I can't just all be that. I mean, it's, you know, there has to be something going on to trigger that. Um, so especially young girls, they probably just always assume that if they're feeling the way that they're feeling, it must be because of that, not because something's really bugging them. And then with young boys, it's, you know, they want to be tough and seem cool. So then they don't talk about their emotions. And then, but then later on, when they become adults, it's like a really prominent problem. So it's, yeah, that's something I definitely want to do. So I'm glad you said that. I, I see on
1: social media a lot, like last week, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in UK, it was like mental health week. I guess it's time everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so many people just post like mental health awareness, but no one actually, a lot of people don't they don't know about it like or understand it because they've well I'm jealous of them they've never actually experienced you know depression or anxiety or any anything any of these things and they they kind of just put the words out there and it doesn't actually educate Mm -hmm. anyone it's just thinking about thinking about mental health Mm -hmm. what is it I think if there was more people talking about the ins and outs and actually Mm -hmm. what it is and how it makes people feel, and how you can help people. Because actually, like, so my little sister, she's 14. um And she's going through stuff. I'll leave out that because I don't want to expose anything that she's going through. Yeah. But anyway, my mum came and um sat with me a few weeks ago when I was having my episode because I was. I went from being very manic to having a bit of a come down and I, I was so unwell. I couldn't be left alone. Uh, my husband was on a course, so he was away for three days. So my mom came with me and um, came and stayed with me for a few days. Um, and then I, we went into town and I was had a bit of social anxiety everyone's kind of coming back into the world after lockdown over here in the UK it's been really restrictive um yeah. so lockdowns being used and we went into my local town there were people everywhere and I just felt very very uncomfortable I broke my foot doing handstands as well because oh. I thought I was invincible so I was doing handstands <laughs> so I was on crutches which I felt very self-conscious about I thought people were looking at me um so I just felt very like I just wanted to melt into the nothing. I just wanted to like just be dissolved. Um, and then it just made me feel really, really low, really suicidal. Very just sudden. I've got no. I'm not going to wake up. I'm not going to get out of this. Mm. Um, and then I we were walking down. And I was like, "Oh, Mum, I just need the bathroom." <laughs> um, and then she said, "Oh, do you mean to come with you?" And I said, "No, no, no." And my my head. I have this voice in my head. I'm just going to put it out there. And he was like, "You can kill yourself in the bathroom." great you're going to be on your own for five minutes um and I was and, and I just grabbed her mum. I was like mom you need to come with me I didn't tell yeah. her why I just keep coming with me um and then basically after that we were walking down and she kind of just kept I was obviously not saying anything I was just a completely deadpan quiet just my thoughts were like really dark and just thinking about all these different ways of killing myself mm-hmm. um and she was every few seconds going oh it's really busy out here isn't it because she didn't know what to say <laughs> and then she'd be like oh, would you like a Starbucks? Or, (laughs) oh, look at that person over there, they've got a baby. Um, And every time she said something, it just made me feel more and more alone in my head. It made me feel more suicidal, more oh, I'm not, well, I'm not normal. Why can't I just have a normal conversation? Why Why have I broken my foot? Oh, all those stupid thoughts that you have when you feel like that way. Mm. Um, but unbeknownst to her, she didn't realise that. And her trying to have a normal conversation was actually making me worse. Um, so I learned from that situation that the people around you Need to be educated on how to communicate with you when you feel like that. Because even though she's my mom and she's part of my support network, she didn't even know how to communicate to me, which is crazy yeah. really, because it's that was only a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um and and then she was telling me that she was in the car of my little sister. So now I'm gonna go back to her talking about my yeah. little sister. Um and she, my mum said oh she was trying to like talked to her about a school day and how school was that day just like not interested um i basically it clicked to me i was like mom that's not how you need to communicate with her i was explaining to my mom how she should probably communicate to my sister um, because i understood it from the other point of view. Yeah. And it, I've noticed that becoming really, really self-aware. I'm able to have these conversations and be able to step out of my own body and see it from the other person's point of view. Because obviously my mum was feeling really awkward and yeah. didn't know what to say. And I just said to her, what you need to say to the person who is feeling that way is nothing about, no, don't talk to them about mundane stuff. Don't ask them questions about anything random. You need to focus on the one thing and that's how they are feeling in, that right, in a second right now. And just talk about what they're thinking, what they want to do, What is there anything they want to say? Yeah. Just talk about them in that moment because that will make them feel heard, even if they haven't said anything yet. It will make them feel like, important and that you really care. Yeah. Um, and like if, if someone listens to this and gets that information because they're the partner of someone who is depressed or the mother or the father of someone who's depressed, then that will hopefully help them because... Yeah. It's some of those things you don't really think about, but I thought about it recently. um, And now my mum knows how to communicate with my sister going forward. That will make her feel better, not worse. And I think it's both education like that, the things like actually how to deal with it rather than Mm -hmm. mental health. What, what is anxiety? There's so many different types of anxiety, There's so mm-hmm. many different of mental illnesses. There's so many different things. Like I don't just have bipolar. I have paranoia, schizophrenia, like little little tiny parts of that because of the voices in my head. I also have anxiety, social anxiety. Yeah. I, you know, there's so many different things. Um, and that's not what people talk about. No one really knows about it unless you mm-hmm. really go through it yourself. And I think also yeah. people that go through it don't really know what's going on.
0: No, oh, 100%. So yeah, <laughs> I've been there. It's, a. I think for a long time, like you, yeah, you articulated it really well. But you've also sparked me, actually you've given me some inspiration now because I, I tried to do a video of how men, people with mental health should open up to their loved ones. Like I did something like that. So like, okay, this is the process to go through. And this is the mentality to have with it is, not everyone it's not their job to understand you it's not their job to um, really process what's happening it's just try to convey it the best that you can and then if you need that yeah I go through a lot yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. but but i don't i don't talk i don't talk about how i would like someone else to respond to me when i'm depressed like
1: especially because the people that tend to be around you tend to be the people that love you so of course mm. they want to make you feel better it's like the per- if the person you love is not well you don't want to yeah. just walk away but like, okay see you later you want to have, try and fix it don't you so it's really hard I think that's a really interesting thing way to look at this is mm. what can you do as a person for someone with a mental illness I think that's yeah. that's a good conversation to open because that's because like like you say, there's so many people especially a lot of men because of the Mm -hmm. way society is they don't want to own up they they want to just kind of keep going I'm a man I can do this and actually it would be so great if all the responsibility wasn't on them you know if people in society had the you know the um education and the ability to open the key to their thoughts instead like have that two-way interaction because the other thing that I hate is when people go hi how are you because when people ask me how I am I go yeah I'm fine because I don't want to make the other person feel awkward mm. I don't want to make them feel like, uncomfortable. Abur- like I'm uncomfortable and every time I say yeah I'm fine it makes me feel 10 times worse mm. and I wish that was like something that we could just erase from society because it's so in- like everyone says it and I yeah. feel like it's one of the worst things for me personally
0: yeah. people
1: say hey how are you and you just feel like you have to lie and that just makes you feel I don't <laughs> even feel the same do you
0: feel like no that? all the time yeah I it sucks because like in certain in, in certain uh settings like you want to be able to express how you feel in a way that's not gonna put the other person in an uncomfortable position whereas yeah. like if it was my mom and like you know say my I come home my mom's like sabby how's your day I'm like mom is absolute shit. I feel like this is then I would have, you know, said that, but it's just such a weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like in life, you have to, unfortunately, pick and choose who you open up to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like that. I wish you could just be, you know, transparent 24 seven. Because that's just how, the type of person I am. I'm I'm very, very brutally honest and, like, no nonsense. But, like, I, ha- I have compassion. I'm not I'm not an asshole.
1: A, I feel like we're exactly the same because I'm like that. And sometimes yeah. I feel very – I feel like people think I have no empathy because I'm yeah. very, like, matter of fact about things. And I don't have time for people that aren't going to benefit my life. Yes. Like that. And people, people find sometimes that I'm, they call me a bit of a bitch. But I don't <laughs> think I am. I just think I just – I just think I know what I want and I know Mm -hmm. how to help myself. And it's even more important when you like have a mental, you know, mental illness Mm -hmm. or you deal with mental health, it's so much more important to be like that. But you know, the funniest thing is like, I think like when I'm high, especially when I have no, I I give no like, (laughs) like, whatever, I'm going to say what I want to say. I remember I was at university and it was, after I did the show, and obviously I was going into university, so you could imagine like other students would be like, "Oh, it's truly fun she's coming from. The- she's on the TV mm-hmm. show. But it was weird around me." And then you would be like, "How are you?" And I'd be like, "Fuck off! I'm not fine at all. Like,
0: I I don't know what it was. Yeah. I was really,
1: <laughs> I wasn't really that rude, but people would. <laughs> I got into this period of time where people would go, "Oh my god, hey, how are you?" And I'd be like, "Actually, I'm not doing really well. I feel really suicidal, and I kind of want to die." Yes. And they'd be like, "Oh." okay okay I'll see you later then <laughs> and I just for this I, I was went for this phase of being like so mischievous I was like a teenager at age 23 of being like that sounds like what? me gonna, yeah I don't no. care about anyone if you're gonna ask me how I am we're gonna tell you how I feel
0: but, I mean <laughs> I but think- I respect it because like at least like you were saying it you yeah. know um but yeah I was like that when I was a kid I was like that a hundred percent I was a weird I was a weird kid If there's anyone out there that's listened to this and has resonated with anything you've gone through, what you've said, what would be the advice you would give them or what would you want to say to them?
1: I think always be true to yourself, even if that's scary, because that's the most important thing. Being authentic is how you're going to survive. So that's like the biggest piece of advice I'd give anyone. Try not to have anyone in your life that's hurting you. Or bringing you down because that's not going to help you in the long run put yourself first so just plan your day around making sure that you're well like do things every single day so make sure you get out of bed set an alarm get up in the morning don't get up in the afternoon get up in the morning have a shower brush your teeth have some breakfast with good breakfast like porridge or a smoothie good good food um go to the gym go for a walk get out get outside get some vitamin d um read books and find things that you enjoy find things that you enjoy and and also like appreciate the little things that you do for yourself and if you're having a down day for example if like if you don't feel very energetic you maybe feel low you feel anxious or whatever celebrate the small wins so if you get up brush your teeth and have a shower you did well that day like that's that's good enough that's really really good um because I I struggle with that as well like for me it took me a long time to get to that place where I can say
0: the day was good well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast I really appreciate it and I enjoy hearing your whole journey and everything so
1: yeah thank you so much for having me it's been um, it's been really great to talk to you and really great to meet you properly everyone who's listening can find me on uh social medias I, I'm not very active on there at the moment but I will be you need to follow me on Instagram uh, I'm on Twitter I'm on Facebook YouTube I'm actually on TikTok as well it's embarrassing really, really? but I am <laughs> yes I am all truly forward I'm just simple like that um but yeah follow me because it's gonna be exciting this year you're gonna hear some original music it's gonna be about mental
0: health and it's gonna be really exciting so join me thank you so much for listening and remember you have to go through the eye of the storm to see the clear horizon ahead thanks so much guys and i'll see you next week